This is the Engines of Our Ingenuity, made possible by the friends of KUHF Houston. Today, a room without a view. The University of Houston presents this program about the machines that make our civilization run and the people whose ingenuity created them. If you've been house hunting lately or glanced at an ad or flyer, the following spiel will sound familiar. Three bedrooms, two baths, perhaps a family room, den, game room, or study. Of course, a kitchen, living room, dining room, maybe a walk-in closet or two. We're interested in rooms. Curiously, the only room that is almost never mentioned is the one that used to be, well, the entire house. I'm referring to that humble space, the hall. Bill Bryson has now written a delightful book, At Home, A Short History of Private Life. He tells us that the word hall is one of the oldest in the English language. We can apparently thank the Angles for that, as in Anglo-Saxon or Anglophile or even the name England itself. The Angles were one of many land-hungry European tribes roaming around in the 5th century of the Common Era. Franks, Saxons, Goths, Huns, Mudjars were some of the others. All were testing the territorial waters, scrambling to fill the power vacuum left by a crumbling Roman Empire. The Angles sailed to Britannia from North Germany and made themselves right at home. According to Bryson's sources, it wasn't a particularly violent invasion, more like house guests who never left. For some reason, the Angles and Saxons weren't enamored with the homes the Romans had left behind, so they built their own. What they built were large, barn-like structures, wooden one-room dwellings with a hearth in the middle. They called them halls. Originally, the hall accommodated everyone, the lord of the manor, his family, and servants or slaves. Everyone ate, worked, and slept in the barracks-like room. This is the hall that Beowulf would have known. Over the centuries, hall was updated a bit. Partitions were added for the lord, a separate kitchen, perhaps a chapel. By the end of the 14th century, we even had a room called the parlor. Hall then morphed into the great hall, still the largest room in the house. But by the Renaissance, even this changed. Houses were now divided into multiple stories. The great hall lost its vertical reach and was no longer particularly great. In fact, it was just another room on the main floor, which we stopped calling hall. The hall became the front entryway still found in many homes. It also came to refer to passageways leading from one room to the next. Quite the hard luck story. Hall goes from meaning the whole house to a significant portion of the house to a smallish, nondescript space in the house. It went from foremost to forgotten. Or it almost did. After we more or less ejected Hall from our homes, it kind of made good on its own. Think of it. Carnegie Hall in New York, Jones Hall in Houston, a Hall of Fame, dining halls, various halls at colleges and universities. Hall shed private life and became an exclusively public citizen, large, often imposing places we visit but eventually leave. Unlike the Angles who crossed the North Sea 1,600 years ago and stayed I'm Roger Caza from the University of Houston, where we're interested in the way inventive minds work. Mm-hmm.